Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you 24-7. But we can go, let me just challenge you. Could it be this last week, the last five, seven days, not once in our busy, busy lives, did we ever talk to the Holy Spirit? Not once did we ever think, man, I got to make a decision today. Okay, I think this is the best way to do it. We never even asked the God of wisdom to help us. Are you satisfied with your prayer life? Do you even have a prayer life? How often during your day do you talk with God, asking Him for His help and making decisions or to do your work better? Pastor Mark will be teaching that if you aren't taking time to cultivate your relationship with God, that you'll find yourself weakened spiritually. You'll find it harder to resist temptations and you won't have the right attitude towards events and people that you have difficulty with. He'll be showing you what scripture has to say about this issue and how to fix any problems you might have in this area. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 as he begins his message, Following the Leading of the Holy Spirit. We are finishing the book of 1 Thessalonians today. We will be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we will start in verse 19. Now, in 1 Thessalonians, let me just give you a little history. I think it will help you right now just to see what's really happened. Remember, Paul came to Thessalonica, this town. There was a little synagogue there, and Some of the pagans, everybody else was a pagan, worshipers of all kind of false gods, they had kind of transferred uh, Gentiles into the Judaism and because they, they wanted to believe in one true God, and that's what they did. So Paul began ministering to that church. He was there for a while personally, then eventually went to Corinth and he would write a letter, and we're finishing that letter. Now, the second letter that he writes... It addresses many of the things that will kind of lightly touch in the book of Revelation, the Antichrist, the end of the world, all of that. So we'll pick that up because it goes right into the book of Revelation. So we're going to take a snapshot of that. How many know that we're kind of ending toward the end of the world right now? Yeah. So we'll talk about that. So here he is and he's ministering to them. Now remember what happened. The Jewish people knew about God. They didn't believe in Jesus at all. And they were clueless about the Holy Spirit. The pagans that came in, they're just kind of getting used to, you like, really, there's like only one God? 
Really? We have hundreds of gods. They were all dead gods, but no, this is a living God. They knew nothing of Jesus. And of course, they knew nothing about the Holy Spirit. So Paul began teaching them. He would teach them about the one true God. We talked about that in all the chapters we went through. Then he introduced Jesus to them. The only way you can get to heaven. The only way you can have your sins forgiven. And then he began talking about the Holy Spirit. Now it's very interesting because if so many new people moving into the area and you come from all kinds of different backgrounds, if I would say to you, how many know about the one true God? Most of you would go, yeah, we, we know about the one true God. We believe in the one true God. How many of you really know about Jesus Christ? Most of you would say, yeah, pretty good. Um, and then if I would say to you, I'd like for you to give me maybe a 15-minute little summary of the Holy Spirit. Most of you would head for the door. Because here's what many of you knew about the Holy Spirit. And I'm not making fun of Catholics. They knew more sometimes than Christians did. Remember all that? Evangelicals. So what you're going to see is about the Holy Spirit. He's the third person of the Trinity. He's not an it. And he was there at the start of creation. And why would Paul teach them about the Holy Spirit? Because the moment you become a Christian and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you 24-7. And I don't have time to go through this, but he does a million things in our lives. We have God living in us. So you're going to see the first warning from Paul. If we don't pay attention to the Holy Spirit, we can become a social club. Remember the song we sang this morning? The presence of the Lord. Who is that? That's the Holy Spirit. And you want to be in a church where the presence of the Lord is. Amen? So watch what happens. Look at this first verse. Verse 19. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. In other words, that word means quench, to smother, to put a damper on, to put it out. So Paul was picturing the Holy Spirit of God as fire. And that is kind of spoken of all through the scripture. God as fire. Watch Matthew 3.11. John the Baptist was saying this when Jesus just began his ministry. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me will come one who is more powerful than I, speaking of Jesus, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and, tell me, with fire. So that word, Fire is directly connected to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Look at this next statement. When we speak of fire, it means that the Holy Spirit, who is the third person of the Trinity, he's God, he enables us and he energizes us to do the will of God. The Holy Spirit has come to make you and me more like Jesus. It is not an option to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's an essential part of our life, continually to be controlled or come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So 
as Paul is making these new believers aware all through this teaching, because they'd never heard about the Holy Spirit, like some of you would hear, go like, what does that mean? God's living in me? Well, of course. But again, this is not a whole teaching on the Holy Spirit. This is just Paul warning these new believers that they better be careful because you could actually put out that zeal, put out that goal that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Now, one time Paul wrote to Timothy. He was a young pastor. He was kind of on the shy side a little bit. And so Paul wrote to him, and watch what he says about his role of the Holy Spirit. It's in 2 Timothy. Paul writes to this pastor. He says this, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, the teaching, the ability God had given him, which is in you through the laying on of hands. I remind you to fan into flame. Now, fan into flame for most of you in the summer, that's going to be a what? A barbecue in the backyard, right? Have you ever done this? You got all the charcoal in there. You put the lighter fluid on it so the food tastes like gasoline. And you got the flame going. It's going good. And your wife says, hey, come and help me with the meat. Come and help me. You go back into the house and you help with the chicken. You get the things done. You put the spaces on and all that stuff. And you get talking and it's 25 minutes later and you go out and the flame is gone. Anybody know exactly what I'm talking about? Okay. Well, what happened? You didn't do that on purpose. You just forgot about it. It happened. And now what? You go in and say, honey, can you get the microwave going? It's not exactly the same taste, is it? Still tastes like gas, but it's not the same taste. Now, that's what Paul's talking about as we're going here. Think about this. What he's saying is you have to understand that the Holy Spirit lives in you, but you have to know that you could actually quench it. You can actually squash. You could take the fire out, the zeal he wants to put in your life, the direction he wants to put in life. And I'm going to give you six or seven ways that we can quench or resist the Holy Spirit, what he wants to do in our lives. So here's the first one. We can quench the Holy Spirit by simple neglect. What does that mean? It means that you and I can live every day as if the Holy Spirit is not in us. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you 24-7. But we can go, let me just challenge you. Could it be this last week, the last five, seven days, not once in our busy, busy lives, did we ever talk to the Holy Spirit? Not once did we ever think, Man, I got to make a decision today. Okay, I think this is the best way to do it. We never even ask the God of wisdom to help us. We just go through. We neglect the fire, just like I told you. We didn't do it purposely. The fire in the barbecue pen, we just neglected it. We forgot about it. We can do the very same. Now, what happens when a church begins to deny the power of the Holy Spirit, its effectiveness, and its gift. If this church doesn't sense the Spirit of God, I'm not talking about weirdness, but realize the role of the Holy Spirit, what are we? What are we left to do after all of this? Well, basically, it's this. We're going to do church like a social club. There'll be no power. We're just coming doing our due. We're going through the religious thing. Check. Put a little offering in. How are you? Good to meet you. I met you last week. Meet you again. 
There's Balmer again, a couple songs, and we leave. When I go to Singapore, the little Calvary Chapel that we started there, the British ruled Singapore for quite a while. And he has a membership in something called the Cricket Club. And you can go and they have nice food, and also older people with rich money and all that kind of stuff. So we're kind of out of place there, but we go anyway. Well, that's what a church can become, a club. Do you want to belong to a social club, or do you want to belong to a place where the presence of God can be felt? Okay, Because with the presence of God, what comes? Changed lives, healings, supernatural things, excitement, joy, peace. Amen? So when you come, should you leave better than you were when you came? Yeah. It's not like, well, I met three new people today. Thank you very much. No. And this, do you realize, as I go through this, you'll see this. We ignore that exact thing. Notice, let me read it again. We quench the spirit by simple neglect. Many churches today, millions of Christians go into a church service. Let me just challenge you with this. I'm not talking against anybody. They're Christians. They're going to heaven with us. But you can go into many churches today. You'll never hear anything about the Holy Spirit. You'll hear about God. Hopefully, you'll hear about Jesus. That's kind of gone downhill now, too, because the focus is Jesus, because he's the one to get you to heaven. But many churches, you'll never hear about the Holy Spirit. And because of that, here's individual people trying to do life without the power of God. It's not an option. When Jesus left and went to heaven, he left the Holy Spirit to take his place. And so... We can't do life on our own. That was the whole plan of Jesus. Now, 30 years after Pentecost started in the upper room, Paul wrote this letter to the church at Colossae. Look what he says. He was so excited about this. All over the world, this gospel, presenting Jesus, is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you first heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. Paul was trying to say to the church at Thessalonica, I'm not going to write you a letter for a while. Don't you quench the Holy Spirit. I know this is new to you, but you can't do church. We'll never win this town. We'll never get the lost people coming to Christ unless you understand that grace, this lifestyle. Stay on fire for God, if I can say it that way. Now, the Bible tells us something very important. Let me read to you from the Old Testament. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. You see, dead religion is simply independent from the power of God. I can do it myself. I got enough wisdom. I can do it. And the greatest need in the world today is for every single Christian to be filled with the spirit of God, the power of God. Otherwise, we will never, ever accomplish what God wants. So thank you for being interested in understanding what Paul's trying to say, because he could say this to so many churches today. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We know the essential requirement of having that spirit direct us in our lives. Here's the second way we can quench the spirit. We can quench the spirit by ignoring the Holy Spirit's wisdom. Let me read to you from Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. See, that's a warning to us. Don't do life without God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You don't have the wisdom. In fact, the Holy Spirit is known in the Bible as the spirit of truth. Does anybody think we need some truth today in our world? Are you kidding me? I was listening to the vice president's statement. He was at a college and people were rebelling because he was saying, I'm proud of my wife. She works in a school. And yes, the school is not for the homosexual lifestyle and all that kind of thing. A bunch of the kids went out, but a bunch of other people stood there. And finally, he said to the Christians that were there, you understand that the world hates us. Does the world hate us? Yes, it hates us. Now, we don't hate back, but the world hates us. You know why they hate us? Because of Jesus. They hate it. They don't hate us because of God. They hate us because of Jesus. So here's the vice president warning them and saying, look, you can't do life without God. People are going to hate you. They hated Jesus. When he was here, they're going to hate you. But you can't lead to your own understanding. Don't ignore the Holy Spirit's wisdom. He's able to direct you and me every single day. The book of Romans says, Romans 8, every Christ follower is led by the Holy Spirit. See, if I ignore him, how can I be led? Because we're making decisions every single day. Now, here's the next one. We can quench the Holy Spirit by refusing to worship God through Christian music, especially in church. Look what Paul writes. We know the first part of this verse, but you probably don't realize the second part of this verse. See, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have to keep on being filled with the Spirit. It just means coming under the influence. Take a look at this part of the verse. Paul will contrast the Holy Spirit with wine. Take a look. Don't be drunk with wine. Now, when you're drunk with wine, whose influence are you under? How many remember those days? Come on, be honest. Put your hand up. I remember those days. Have a fun the night before, the next morning. Okay. Here's the other thing you say. What did I say last night? What did I do last night? Whose influence? You're, not your influence. You're under an influence of who? Alcohol. Okay, now watch what he says. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean? I want to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. God, if I'm not under the influence of the Holy Spirit, I'm under my own stupid influence. And it's no good. Then he says this. Here's how it looks if you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You're singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself. And you're making music to the Lord in your heart. That's one of the many ways of knowing that you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So let me just ask you this. When you worship, were you making music to the Lord in your hearts? Okay, some of you. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And some of you, you never even got in here for worship. You're always late. I've been trying to change people for 27 years. It doesn't work, but I mention it to you again. (laughs) Do you think that offends the Holy Spirit if you don't worship as a family? See, what is he saying? And I'll read it to you in a moment. Worship comes from the heart. 
And we're family, aren't we? We love our family. We love God's family. And so I just want to challenge you. Remember the song we sing, Is He Worthy? Is He Worthy? Did that light come from our heart? Oh, yes, it came from us. And who does that please? It pleases God. Because we're not worshiping man. We're not worshiping the band. We're worshiping God. And the spirit is part of that. Notice what he says. We're making melody in our heart to the Lord. Now, everybody, when we worship, you don't have to go like, well, praise God. Although in heaven, you will. And it's not weird. Now, if you come down the aisle and start dancing down here, we will take you outside the door, make sure it's locked. Because you're not drawing attention to God. Who are you drawing attention to? You. You. So we're not into that. But, you know, it's not a bad thing once in a while, as you're worshiping God, to do like what? I worship you, God. By the way, that's biblical. It's all through the scriptures. Nothing wrong with that. Now, you don't have to go like this. You just have to worship one. And it's not the external, it's from the heart, amen? See, sometimes when we look at worship, if you watch Hillsong and the younger people generation, you know, when they worship, they can worship. But it's not weird, but they're worshiping. Think about this. If Jesus was in this room right now, personally, he was standing right here. What would you do as you started singing? Would you do that? No. Would you do this? You know what all of us would do? Well, can I say something to you? He is in the house. He is in the house. You didn't come to worship a club. Me, we came to worship the Lord. So let me just challenge you, because it's a great way to make sure we're not saying to the Holy Spirit, well, I don't really need you, whatever, no way, no way. Now, here's the next one. This is probably the number one way we put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. We can quench the Holy Spirit by saying, no, the sin of disobedience. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit didn't live in every person. That started in the New Testament after Jesus went to the cross. They had the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit only ministered to certain individuals, very few, all through those thousands of years. Now, they did worship God. Of course, Jesus wasn't here yet. So in the Old Testament, look at this word. This is from the Old Testament, a prophecy of what was going to happen when Jesus came. And I will put, God speaking, my spirit in you. So that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations or my rules or the scripture. If we say no to the Holy Spirit, we are resisting the very will of God. The Holy Spirit knows how to direct your life. And it's not hard hearing the Holy Spirit. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And of course, the one who wrote the Bible is the Holy Spirit. Spirit. It's his words through man writing it. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark talked about the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the Christ follower. He taught that you need to have the Holy Spirit working actively in your life to be able to live in a way that pleases God. You also found out that you can suppress the Holy Spirit's working in your life by neglect, outright disobedience, or ignoring the gifts he wants to give you. 
know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching following the leading of the Holy Spirit. You'll hear more about ways you can quench or stifle the power of the Holy Spirit's working in your life. Pastor Mark will also teach about how God wants you to live, the character qualities that will please Him. In addition, you'll hear warnings against false teachings and teachers. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Live Here Now and Live There Forever. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.